Hello, everyone, and welcome to Years of Wonder, a father and sons, a son and fathers, Wonder Years fan diary. I'm your host, BJ Hollers. And I'm your host, Henry Hollers. And today we'll be talking about episode four, Angel, with an original air date of April 5th, 1988. All right, according to the logline, this episode is about Karen not communicating with her parents anymore. It's made worse when she brings home a new boyfriend who Kevin does not like, a guy named Lewis. All right, Henry, tell me about this episode. Kevin doesn't like Lewis, but he doesn't know why. How do you feel about Lewis? I want to punch him if I were in that TV show. Why do you want to punch him? Because he was mean. Who is he mean to? Kevin's sister. So, Lewis is... Karen's boyfriend. He's kind of a hippie. What's he drive? He drives one of those weird cars that are in cars, and and the guy has like a bunch of stickers on it and stuff, and they paint them. Okay, like a VW bus? Yeah. Yeah, okay. And so he's big into protesting, and he's against the Vietnam War, and Karen's into those things too, but uh, it doesn't really sit well with the rest of Karen's family. Who gets really upset with Lewis? The dad. The dad, right? There's a moment when they have dinner together. And what is Lewis talking about to to the family? That he doesn't want to go to work because he's like, I had this th- piece of paper that makes me go to war. He's like, I could either go to jail, I could I could go to war, or, or I could get shot into hundreds of pieces. Right, he's got his draft number and he'll have to report to go to war within a couple of weeks. And so when we learn that fact, suddenly we see Lewis a little differently. He's scared. He doesn't want to go to war, right? And Jack's upset with him because he says, you know, that it's a thoughtless war and people are dying for no reason. And Jack's upset because Jack served in Korea, right? Yeah. The other war. All right, so when Kevin is watching a Western movie, he overhears Lewis on the phone. Who's Lewis talking to? Marissa. Marissa. And who's Marissa? Is girlfriend his other girlfriend and so this is the moment in the show where kevin kind of has a fantasy he breaks into a fantasy and what does he do he's like pretending that he was in the movie but it's not really real he's just pretending right he's been watching a western tv show and then suddenly he becomes the cowboy in the western and what does he say to lewis I'm going to have to ask you to step outside, Lewis. (laughs) I'm going to have to ask you to step outside, Lewis. And then what's he do in the fantasy? Um, He punches him and and Lewis falls over the couch. (laughs) Right. And how does Karen react in the fantasy? She's like, Kevin, oh, thank you so much. I'll make your bed for the rest of my life. Right. Because in Kevin's mind, he's the hero. Yeah. Yeah. But in reality, Karen likes Lewis and thinks Kevin's just her little brother, right? Yeah. So tell me, have you ever tried to stick up for your sister? Yeah. What's that like? Not the best. Well, tell me about a time when you tried to. I do it sometimes when someone's being mean to her. Mm-hmm. And what do you have to do? Do you have to say something? What? Yeah, especially if they're younger than me. It's really easy. They're probably in elementary grade or something, so I can just be like... Stop and they'll run away because I'm older than them. Okay. So if you're older, if you're bigger, sometimes people listen to you a little more? Yeah. What if you're not older and you're not bigger? Like Kevin, he's not older or bigger than Lewis. So what about him? Um, yeah, that's kind of hard. Right. Like when 
someone big tries to be mean to Eleanor, it's really hard to help her. Right, because all you really have are your words. Yeah. Yeah, and it's hard to know what to say. You can't use your hands or anything. Right, and you shouldn't do that anyway. But but sometimes it's scarier if you're trying to stick up for someone when the person you're up against is is bigger and and taller and stronger and older, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So at the end of the episode, we learn something about Lewis. What's that? He's sleeping with Marissa. Okay, well, he's got another girlfriend, right, and Karen is really upset about that. How does Kevin feel when he sees his sister kind of crying after the breakup and running into the house? She doesn't run into the house, though. What happens? Um, you just see Karen at the end and the voiceover, and then it goes to, like, the mom and dad, and then Kevin and, and Wayne's room. Yeah, they're all worried about her, though, right? Yeah. The last line is from Kevin. It's the narrator, the voiceover. He says, but at some point, late at night, near sleep, the ideas and the disagreements sort of dissolve, and you're just left with the people. Why is that kind of an important line? Sometimes you disagree with people, but yeah. at the end of the day, it's not about what you're fighting about. It's about the people. Should we talk about our biggest disagreement ever? Yes. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Remember what happened when we were on our driving trip last summer? Oh my. Can you tell the people about that disagreement? <laughs> Let's hear it. What happened? <laughs> I I was trying to put the water bottle cap on a water bottle. And what happened? I tried the way Dad did it and it didn't work. We were driving through Massacre Rocks, Idaho, and it was super hot and the car needed an oil change and nothing was working out and Henry here needed some water and I'm trying to drive so I kind of toss him a water bottle and then you drink some water and then you can't put the lid back on. So what did you say? Dad, I can't put the lid back on. And what did I say? Try the other way. And what did you do? I did. And then what happened? It didn't work. <laughs> so what did we eventually decide on? I don't, I forget. We had a huge fight because I was so upset that I couldn't teach you how to put a water bottle lid on and I couldn't help you because I was driving a car. So you started crying and I started bellowing and it was just terrible and we were sort of lost and nothing was good. And then finally you got it on. Remember that? What was the problem all along? That you were saying it the wrong way. According to you, I was telling you to twist the lid the wrong way, which may or may not be true, but that's, what, that's your version of events. Mm -hmm. I think you are actually right. But did that fight actually make us closer in a way? Yes. Really? Mm -hmm. Oh, I thought you were going to say no. It's like we went through something hard together, but we came out on the other end, and we felt better about it. That's the important thing about fights. You get in fights, but if you can find a way to just take a breath and, and apologize, then you feel a lot better usually. Can you think of a time you had to apologize? I can't really think of any, because uh, whenever I think of apologizing, I think of Eleanor apologizing to me. Because she's good at it. <laughs> yeah, cause I, cause I, cause she does bad stuff a lot, so she she's good at apologizing. <laughs> she has to apologize like almost every day. She's got a lot of practice. Yeah. I don't know about that, but I do agree that she's pretty good at apologizing. And maybe someone here, maybe two someone's here in this very room at this very moment, could learn a little bit from our four-year-old daughter and sister. I don't think so. Because we screw up too. It's just maybe we're not as good at apologizing. Mm -hmm. 
What's what makes apologizing hard? Sometimes you feel super duper guilty. All right, so like in your heart, you know you screwed up, but you just don't want to make it clear to other people. Yeah, cause they'll be, cause they'll just hate you. People never hate you when you apologize. If you could do any adventure with Ellie when you're older, what would it be? Um, go to Disneyland without mom and dad. Okay, just like two 20-somethings off to Disney World on their own? No, 18-year-olds. When you're 18, you're going to go? Yeah, when and I'm you... 18 and she's 16. And you take good care of her? Yeah, because I'm allowed to move out when I'm 18 and she's allowed to drive a car when she's 16. So you got, you're moving out? Yeah, we're going to live in Disneyland. I thought you were going to live on my couch. No, I was going to live on my couch until I'm 18. And then you're going to move to Disneyland? Yes. With Ellie? Yes. But before they take off, we wanted to talk to our friend Linda, who was 18 years old in 1968, and knew a thing or two about what Karen was facing. When and where were you born? I was born in, uh, in Detroit, Michigan, actually, and I lived in a town called Hamtramck, Michigan, which is a small town surrounded by the city of Detroit, and at the time was almost completely Polish, so it was very much a ethnic blue-collar sort of environment that I grew up in. How are you and your sister alike and different? Well, my sister and I were alike in a lot of ways, but also very different in a lot of ways. We were different mainly because there were a number of years between us. She was five years or is five years older than me. And my brother was five years older than that or is five years older. So there's five years between each of us. As you can imagine, Henry, someone who's five years older or younger than you at that age, that's a big difference. So I was in grade school when my sister was in high school. And I always looked up to my sister. Oh, she was a role model for me. So when she went to a particular high school, um, decided on the high school she wanted to go to, that's where I wanted to go because I wanted to be like my sister. She was, a, she was very much an older sister to me. The differences, I think, were um, she's a lot more outgoing than I am. And she also is a lot, I'd say, braver than I am. <laughs> and I've always, um, I've sort of been envious of that about her. Can you tell us about Woodstock? When I graduated from high school, I um, went to spend the summer with my sister. She was going to school at Michigan State University in East Lansing, Michigan. And I went to spend the summer with her, and that was the summer of Woodstock. We were, yeah, hippies, I guess. Not very activists, but very much into the latest music and so on. And one member of our little group said, hey, there's this great music festival going on. Let's go. We all piled in the car and off we went, totally unprepared, not having any idea what we were in for. It was a tremendous experience. I'd never been anywhere where there were so many different people and there were just so many people. Even though there were so many people, everything was calm 
and I, I'm not quite sure how to explain it, even though there was a lot of music and a lot of activity and a lot of people, everything was relaxed or it was very laid back, to use the, the hippie term, right? Everything was laid back. Do values change over time? I think you just learn more as you, as you age, and that tends to affect your values. You experience more. I've seen a whole lot more now than I did back then, and I understand a lot more than I did. I know you and your parents disagree, but do you know where they were coming from today? I can see where they were coming from at the time. Then I didn't, of course, at all. For example, the, the thought that they were really more afraid for us than anything else, that never entered my mind at the time. I just thought that they thought a certain way and I thought a different way and I was right and they were wrong. <laughs> Why is family hard? There were a lot of controversies within the within the family. Some of them were very large and a lot of them were just small things like dress. So um, I, I started wearing blue jeans. My mom was horrified that I thought I was going to walk out the door wearing those work pants, you know. In her mind, I was just as horrific that I was going to walk out in public dressed like this. And in those days, you, women still went downtown dressed up with white gloves and and uh, a dress and, and heels and everything. And here I was uh, expecting to go outside with a pair of blue jeans on. You know, she just thought that was horrible. I did it. And a lot of it, I did it because my sister was kind of paving the way for me. I doubt very much that if my sister had not been there, um, I would have done it on my own. I wouldn't have had the strength to do it. My sister did. Somehow, we still connect. We have shared experiences that nobody else has, that no one else can relate to. And I can pick up the phone and not have talked to my sister for months and months. And in a second, we'll be laughing about something as if we saw each other yesterday. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for Episode 5, The Phone Call. And until then, live your life with wonder.